Welcome back to BizQuick. I'm Julie. And I'm Corey. And today we have Matt Reese from Black Anchor Originals joining us. And Matt's going to talk to us about the impact your logo could and should have on your small business. That's right. You're listening to BizQuick. This is where Julie and Corey provide quick and useful information to small business owners. BizQuick is the podcast where small business owners get to showcase their businesses and receive expert advice and guidance in areas many entrepreneurs struggle with. And you, the listener, get solutions, tips, and tricks on real-world topics that many small business owners face. Julie and Corey are the experts small businesses hire when they need solutions. And the BizQuick podcast is just one way they deliver those solutions. Let's start the show. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, we're excited to have you on the show today. Me too. So can you tell us a little bit about Black Anchor Originals? Certainly. Um, We started in 2012, primarily as a custom screen printing business. And uh, I have a background in graphic design. So I also offer other graphic design services, logo design, banner print design, things like that. We're located in Annapolis, Maryland, which is, if you're not familiar with Maryland, it's a little bit south of Baltimore and a little bit east of Washington, D.C. That's probably the good background. Matt, let's dive straight into it. What should a good logo be able to do for a small business? Well, for any business, a logo really is designed to identify the business to the general public. If your logo is not doing that, then you don't have a good logo. If it is, great, you got one. Perfect. So how, if I, let's say I'm a small business owner, which I happen to be, how do I know if my logo is doing its job? Honestly, I think it's going to be something that you're going to have to get feedback from your customers. They start to recognize your brand. Now, brand incorporates a logo and some other things, but your logo, people should start to be able to recognize your business by your logo. A logo has to be simple and recognizable very quickly. You should be able to be recognized almost in seconds or split seconds that this is your company and not some other competitor or some other brand, some other business that does something completely different. So if your customers are getting confused or confusing your business with another business, that's a problem. If the customer doesn't recognize your logo and recognize your business and the connection there, that's a problem. So what's the, like, I know a lot of people, um, a lot of businesses have the, the problem of differentiating between a logo and a brand. Can you like explain a little bit, uh, you know, what that is? Correct. So a logo typically is going to comprise of three basic elements you're going to have, and they may not use all three of them, but typically you have a symbol, Um, I like to use examples. I'm going to use Nike for this example because it's a good one. So Nike uses the swoosh symbol. They also use a word mark. Okay. So that would be the Nike name in a certain font that's, that's been designed uh, for their logo. And then you have a tagline, which Nike's case, just do it. Um, You could use all three of those together. Or you could use individually, Nike will use a swoosh in some case, they'll use the word mark in some cases. Sometimes you'll even see just, you know, just do it by itself without the other two pieces. But ideally that those three pieces are really what makes up their logo. Their brand is something much larger than just a logo. A logo is a piece of a brain. 
And that brand incorporates their advertising, their marketing, their packaging, their product, all the things that the customer associates with Nike. So they might associate with quality, they might associate with sports or with speed, or maybe even some negative things. This is where you get you know, brand negativity. Um, so things that are affecting your brand. If something happens negative with Nike and a sponsored athlete, that doesn't affect their logo, it affects their brain. Okay. So that's kind of how I interpret the, the two um, brand being much bigger um, piece of the puzzle. A logo is an integral part of that. How frequently do you get clients who have absolutely no idea what they want? They just know that they need a logo. And when you have that opportunity with a client, how do you approach that to figure out what to create for them? Yeah, absolutely. It happens more often than you might think. Um, most customers are focused on their business and what their business does and not necessarily the logo. They know they need one. They know they want to have one on their business card. They know they want to have one on their Instagram, maybe on their side of their truck or uniform, but they really don't know what it needs to do or how it needs to do it. And that's fine. That's what businesses like myself are here for. I have a long list of questions that I typically ask, including what does the business do? Um, what are your specialties? And also including things like what are your favorite colors? Just to kind of get the customer to start thinking about things that resonate with them so that we're not pulling things out of complete air and trying to create a logo that may or may not work for them, work for their business, or even work for their style. Um, another question I ask is, are there logos that you really like? you know, logos that you see in every day or logos that you really hate because then it gives me or the designer an opportunity to kind of get a sense of style. A lot of people don't know how to verbalize a style they like, but they know what they like when they see it. So if they can point to a logo and say, oh, I really like that, that helps where they might not be able to know how to necessarily verbalize that. Okay. And how would somebody, you know, I would love for all of our listeners to go to Black Anchor and, you know, hire you to do their logo, but assuming that they can't, uh, you don't have enough hours in the day to, to do that. Um, like how, how would somebody like vet a, a designer? Well, I have some criteria that I work with and I design a logo and I certainly, I won't venture to say that I'm the best designer in the world, but I've seen enough good, bad, and I've studied. I mean, I, I have a degree in design I've, and I continue to study. I've probably studied more after I got out of school, um, than I ever did when I was in school. But the biggest thing I would say is there's plenty of people out there that call themselves designers, just like there are any other profession. Um, and look at their work. If you see which, if you see designs that you like, that's one good indicator. However, if you see a design that, or you see a designer that uses a ton of color, like every single one of their logos they've designed in their portfolio is five, six, 10 colors. I honestly would stay away from that uh, from that designer. I personally gravitate towards designers that are really strong in using one color. I always design a logo one color first. Doesn't mean that the logo final version has to be one color, but when you're dealing with simplicity and you start adding color on color on color, it really starts to cause problems. That, and I mean, it does, a logo, um, this is something I borrowed from somebody and there's a book called Steal Like an Artist, so maybe that's what I'm doing, but, um, I heard it recently from 
another designer. I love the way it sounds and I love the simplicity of it, which is a logo is designed to identify, not to explain. And I think a lot of designers get caught in the trap of trying to take what a business does and try to visualize that into a logo. And when you do that, there's so many complexities in businesses, you end up with a complex logo. If you look at some of the best known logos in the world, say the Nikes, the Mercedes Benz, things like that, they're very simple. That swoosh has nothing to do with sports apparel, but it does identify the business. And that's the key is you want a logo that's gonna identify and you can't do that if, you're, if it's really too complicated. So find a designer that really shows simplified work. Um, that's probably my biggest advice if you're gonna work with somebody. Clean, simplified, easy to see, easy to identify. That's great advice. If we have listeners who need a logo and they, they have a logo and they feel like it's just not, it's not crisp enough or it's not meeting the criteria that you've just talked about in terms of what a logo should be versus what a brand should be, what are some things that they can do to better their logo and how do they incorporate that into their business when they already have an existing one so that it doesn't confuse their customers? Right. Well, that's a, that's a big issue that businesses have when they find themselves, I've been using this logo for four or five years or whatever, and now I'm finding out that it's really not the best logo or it has an issue, or maybe we've even changed the business. And now we've shifted, we've pivoted to something slightly different. I don't want to completely rebrand my business, but I need to update my logo. Unfortunately, it really comes down to how many things that logo is used in. If you're running a business that uses packaging and that logo is on every piece of packaging and you've got vehicles and now you have to basically rebrand and repackage and re-logo all the things. There's really not a real easy way around that, but you can simplify. If you have a logo that kind of works, but you're finding out that it's not ideal. Number one, I would say is reduce everything down to one color. If you can't reduce your logo to a single color, then it needs to be redone. Um, there's so many ways and so many times that you need to be able to reproduce your, your logo as a single color. If you can't do that effectively, that, you know, that's a great place to start. And then to simplify. And then a lot of times it's just simply working with alignment and spacing. There's a lot of times I see logos, it's really not that bad, but there's some spacing issues with lettering. There's things that can be made better that your customer might not even ever recognize that you changed your logo but it still makes it better and it still makes it easier for you to use and operate as a business if you have a good solid logo. So it, it, it's kind of hard to answer that question. It could go really far to one end or the other. Um, sometimes you just need to blow it up and start over from scratch, in which case then it's just gonna be a matter of really driving home the message. And if you've got to redo your logo and, and redo your business brand, then you have to do what you normally do when you start a business, which is really get it in front of your customer's face uh, at every opportunity. Okay. Yeah. And I, I love that idea of uh, if you can't do it in one color, then you need to rethink your whole logo. And coming from the like retail service industry background, like I, I love the idea of having your logo that you could essentially imprint onto a to-go box, whether that's food or, or clothes or whatever it is. And, and that would translate that, you know, you're not, you're stamping on there. It's, it's not, you know, colors. What would you suggest if people have like an elaborate logo in terms of like creating a, 
uh, a, a more basic, like a different logo, like multiple logos? So I think there are plenty of cases where you have more than one thing that a customer recognizes. And I, you know, I use a Nike example to begin with. You have the swoosh, which is a symbol, but I don't think you really want to have more than one symbol. You don't want to have more than one word mark and you don't want to have more than one tagline. Um, you can use each one of those pieces and these elements separately. And I think there's definitely value and versatility. You know, I mentioned color earlier. I always design in one color. I always design in black and white. So basically one color first. I love designs and logos that are versatile enough that you can use it in multiple colors. So that if you do have that situation, Corey, where you want to be able to use your logo on a St. Patrick's Day shirt, you know, and do it all in white and green, it still works. It's not color dependent, you know. Even, even brands like Harley Davidson, which are very color strong, you know, the black and the orange is very strong as part of their logo and part of their brand and part of everything that they do, you still will find a Harley Davidson logo in other colors. They will do it in a black and white. They will do it in a black and gray or something along those lines. Even I've even seen them, you know, brown and tan. Um, they can do that because of the strength of the logo and the strength of the heritage that they've built in that logo but i think also because it is simplified they're allowed to do that but again they're not really changing the logo nike's not really changing the swoosh they're not necessarily changing their wording but they're playing with how each one of those elements is used they're maybe playing with color they're playing with placement and things like that um, i think it's important not to get too crazy you still want to have that consistency because at the end of the day you don't have brand recognition if you don't have consistency or you can't build it without consistency. If you're constantly changing how you're using it, it's hard for the consumer to then get that, I mean, that word brand, it's branding that image into your mind. And if you're inconsistent in the way you're representing it, every time you turn around, it's not going to get branded into their mind. Sure. And the, so I think we're all very familiar with Nike and we've done a good job of pitching their business on this podcast <laughs> so far. Just to give our, our listeners a, a an example of what what's a logo that is like too too crazy too out there like that doesn't that doesn't land um don't use ours <laughs> <laughs> i won't because i designed it <laughs> um that's a hard that's a you know i haven't really thought about that and honestly like some of the logos that i always use examples are always good examples I and mean, the ones that you see out there are ones that you will find that work and that's why you see them that's why you recognize them i could throw logos or i could mention logos to you but you wouldn't know what they are because you know they're they're small obscure businesses but if you look at a lot of the businesses that are out there i mean apple is one that has an amazingly simplified logo but it's also one that is worldwide recognized obviously because of their products but it's so simple that it's hard not to recognize it but if you go back in the lineage of Apple's logo, it was literally an illustration of somebody sitting under a tree, like Newton sitting under a tree with an apple, you know, falling out of a tree. And it was, uh, you know, in terms of logos, it was, it was an abomination. I mean, it was way too complicated. <laughs> and um, it never would have worked long term. And that's the other thing I see a lot of when I, you know, I hate to call somebody's logo bad. But one of the biggest things I see is somebody will send me something and say, oh, this is our logo. And I look at it and go, no, that's not a logo. That is a design or that is a piece of artwork. 
there's way too many elements in it to make it a logo. You've got too many things going on. You've got too many colors. You've got too much happening. Your logo, again, should be a symbol, a word mark, and a tagline, and that's it. Um, and if, you know, and maybe not even all three of those, some companies don't even use a symbol. Google is just a word. You know, they use multiple colors and they have a type style and that's it. Amazon is just a word. Now they have their little smiley face that kind of goes under and you could refer to that. And then that's really technically their symbol. And you'll notice that they do use that with and without their word mark. We wanted to take a quick break to tell you more about SB Pace, the small business consulting company that makes this podcast possible. SB Pace, which stands for Small Business Planning, Advising, Coaching, Expertise, focuses solely on helping small businesses and entrepreneurs. Are you looking to start a small business of your own? SB Pace can get you up and running with a solid foundation that's built to last. Are you an existing small business in a slump or just looking for ways to improve what you do? We can help with that. Are you ready to take your business to the next level? SB Pace is the partner you need. You can find out more about SB Pace and what we have to offer by visiting our website, sbpace.com. Funny thing about that. So Amazon spent a ton of money and so did FedEx on their logos. Mm -hmm. And Amazon's, they've got the little smile on the bottom, but nobody knows that they offer everything from A to Z. And the smile starts on the A and ends and on the Z. FedEx, if you look at their logo, there's an arrow. An arrow. <laughs> Nobody ever notices that. So what are your thoughts on that? Like overpaying for, you know, over-engineering your, your logo? Now, that's a good question. Now, there's two things, over-engineering and overpaying. And they're two different, definitely two different things. But the fact that you don't see the arrow or you don't see the connection with the A to Z and Amazon, to me, is not necessarily over-engineering because I think just the fact that you know that it's there or you know that there's that, that connection doesn't take away from the logo, if anything, it adds to it. And not everybody's gonna get every little element that's in a logo. Again, going back to the identify versus um, explain, it doesn't mean that your logo can't have reference to what your business does, and it can have some sort of connection or some sort of element, but it needs to identify. And at the end of the day, people recognize Amazon, they recognize FedEx, and that's, and that's, the, that's the end of the story there. Okay. So I have a question for our listeners who just either don't know a graphic designer that they can reach out to, or they can't, they don't have the finances to hire somebody and they're going to go, they do, you know, a Google search to find, you know, a logo maker or whatever. And they, they use some online tool to create their own. Um, what, what kind of tips can you give to our um, listeners to help them to know if that's the option they have to go with, mm -hmm. what should they be thinking about as they're creating their own logo using an online tool? Right. So, and everybody offers them. Um, I'm not going to name any of them, but biggest thing I would say is if you're actually working with an actual designer on the other end of the computer, insist that you see your logo in one color. They can design it in multiple colors. You want to see it in one color before you approve anything. Because again, I go back to, and this is real world experience. You've got to be able to have a logo that can represent in one color. Um, also insist that they simplify. If you see somebody that's doing a lot of what I'll call digital tricks, they want to use, you know, drop shadows and gradients and things like that. Those are all nice and fancy and they really look nice, but they don't necessarily make for a good logo. And especially when you have to, again, go back to a single color 
what does it now look like? Also, make sure that you take a look at your logo or logo examples in different scales. So another big thing I find is that people create an amazing logo. It looks great on their screen. And then they shrink it down to something that's going to fit on a business card. It's only two inches by three and a half inches, a standard business card. What does your logo look like at that size? What does it look like when it's now an Instagram profile picture? Okay. Shrink it down. See what it looks like in different sizes. Blowing it up is also another good idea, but sometimes you just don't have any means of making it any larger than eight and a half by 11, but make it as large as you can. Make it as small as you can. Okay. Make sure that you can still, if you make it really small, that all the letters don't compile together and just end up with something that looks like a raisin in the corner, you know? So those are the main things. I mean, those are the biggest pitfalls that I find are things that don't scale. They're not simple enough. And they just kind of get, people get caught up in the flash of, you know, these tips and tricks that designers use to make things look super fancy. And super fancy isn't always what you want. You want something that's simple, clean, and identifies your business. And I'm, I'm going to uh, just speak, you know, out of experience here, um, having doing some design work for our company and working with uh, a designer, a logo guy we know might be on this call right now or not. Um, <laughs> Providing multiple formats of multiple formats and multiple sizes is super helpful. I was just updating a website today and I was like, oh, that looks terrible. Oh, I have a larger image that I can use. It's a, you know, better, better graphics. So that, that was a huge help, Matt. Well, that's a great point. The other thing that's almost a, a, a good, um, I'll say litmus test or a good way to kind of call out people that are not necessarily what I would consider to be a valuable designer is if they don't have and they can't supply you with multiple formats of your logo when this is all said and done, um, then maybe you need to look at somebody else. Okay. I design person. This is a personal preference. It's not what everybody does. I personally design as a, in a vector format, um, which uses specific software because I can take a vector formatted logo and I can then convert it to just about any other rational format that I want going the opposite direction is not always as easy. And if your designer is working in say Photoshop, which is a raster based program, and it's very common, and then you ask them for a vector file, they might not be able to provide that. And there's a lot of cases where you wanna use a vector file and they should be able to do that. And I'm not kidding when I say it's really simple to take a vector file and go the one way, not as simple to go the opposite way. So it, they might charge you a little bit more for that, um, most designers that I find online do, but at the end of the day, if they can't do it, if they say, oh, no, I can only give you, you know, a JPEG and that's it, my suggestion, find somebody else. What's your preference when you're helping somebody create a logo that you're working from a blank slate where they don't have any idea what they want and you're able to ask these questions and elicit information or when they come to you and they've got very specific, I know I want this and I need this color and I want it to look like this and I like this design. Like, which is, which is your preference to work with for your ideal customer? Oh, I definitely would like somebody that has a little bit more open mind and more of a blank slate that I can then pull out the things that they like. Um, unfortunately, if you have a business as a landscaper, you probably don't know what makes a good logo. If you come to me and you say, I want this, 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 and this, and I provide it to you and it's not a good logo, but it's what you asked for, 
you're probably going to take it and go, you know, go on about your business with a bad logo. Um, it's part of my job, not only to create a logo, but also to create a logo that works well for your business and takes in the input of the things that you say, filters it through my design mind, and then gives it back to you. Just like a landscaper doesn't want me out there telling them how to cut your grass or to edge your lawn. That's what you hire them for. So it, I mean, I think it's great that people come with ideas and it definitely is helpful when you say, I don't have, I don't have any clue, just make a logo. That's almost harder. And that's why I have those questions to say, let me try to pull some information out. You do have an idea. You might not know it until you see it, but you have some ideas. Um, but definitely I would go that route. What should a business owner do if they don't love their logo? So if they don't love their logo, honestly, start finding somebody to rework it. Ask somebody, ask another business owner. Um, a lot of the work that I do, I get from referrals. Um, be careful. I mean, there's always somebody's cousin who's a designer. But definitely, you should not be stuck with a logo that you don't love, and it doesn't serve your purpose. Every day that you stick with it could potentially be harming your business, especially if it's a bad logo. I mean, there's one thing if you don't love it. But if you don't love it, it might be because it's a bad logo and it's not serving you. So that's what I would say is don't, don't wait. Any final words for our listeners before we let them know how they can get a hold of you? Yeah, again, I would go back to, and I'll, this is number one for me is keep it simple. A simple logo, a clean logo is going to be an effective logo. You want to identify your business through your logo, not explain your business. And people want to be able to see it, recognize it from across the street. And, you know, that's what starts to build a brain. The more they can see and recognize um, whatever it is, you know, it can be the letter J. If they know that that letter J stands for Julie's business and they see it every day, that's really what a logo is designed to do. And if your logo does that, then great. If it doesn't, then it needs work. And Matt, can you tell our listeners how they can uh, reach you if they, you know, want to get a logo or some advice? Absolutely. So uh, I'm on social media, Instagram. Um, the name of the business is Black Anchor, but it's spelled B-L-K-A-N-K-R. Instagram, at B-L-K-A-N-K-R. Uh, Facebook is Black Anchor Originals. Um, they can email me print at blkankr.com. Um, and also our website, which is actually being reworked, but it is blkankr.com. Great. Thank you so much for joining us today, Matt. It's been a real pleasure having you on the show. Thank you for having me. It's been great. I enjoyed talking to you guys both. Yep. Uh, appreciate it. If you want to reach out to us, you can hit us up on all the major social media. So we're on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. You can check out our website at sbpace.com or this podcast website, bizquickpodcast.com. And we encourage you to listen and subscribe to our podcast. You can find us anywhere that podcasts can be downloaded. And we would love for you to review us because reviews help raise our ratings and we love feedback so reach out send us uh what you liked what you didn't like what you want to hear we're we're here uh just to to help you the small business owner 
And before we close it out, I do want to say that we'll put all of the information for how to get a hold of Matt in our show notes. And we highly encourage you to reach out to him. Matt has done all of our logo work and he is amazing and super easy to work with. So we were happy to have him on today to give some expert advice. And finally, you can get a copy of our book, uh, Seriously, Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness on Amazon. You can go to Amazon directly or click through our website. Thanks again for listening. I'm Julie. And I'm Corey. And this is BizQuick, helping small businesses across America.